You are Locked on Wild, part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Hello, my name is Joe. I am your host. With me is Tony Abbott from The Athletic Minnesota. Tony, how's it going today? I'm doing all right, Joe. It's Friday, and you know what that means. (laughs) The listener suggestions show, right? Yeah. So what we're what we're planning on doing is hopefully every week we'll be able to take a listener suggestion topic, uh, maybe even put it up to a vote, and then and then do an episode on Friday for the ones that uh, that we select. Uh, we got four suggestions, and one of them actually was covered on an episode that we did of our other wild show, Ten K Rings Radio. So. We will uh, we will put that in the description where we actually did go through and break down our uh, our top ten prospects. We were asked to debate our top three prospects uh, in the Minnesota Wild organization. So we are going to uh, we're going to link that into the description if you're interested in that. But we have three other suggestions that we haven't tackled really. So let's uh, let's get to them. Yeah, looks like we've got. The uh, first suggestion coming from State of Stats on Twitter, Derek Peterson, rule changes you would like to see in the NHL. And I, we kind of talked about rules that we hated, but uh, I know you personally are a fan of getting rid of offsides, but uh, what other changes would you perhaps like to see? So, like, this is just, like, off the wall, wild, I can do anything, right? Yeah, I mean, we're throwing... I mean s to the wind here <laughs> and letting it fall where it uh, kind of lands here so i think be as wild as you can kind of get four on that, four regulation three on three overtime until you drop oh yeah that's that's a real good one i just like the uh, idea of having more space right because you cannot and and i'm not the only person to make this point but i agree 100 with it you cannot really increase the size of the ice without putting in a lot of like perimeter area like right you can't right. you can't open up that ice to the net without uh or by expanding the ice and i don't like the idea of making the goals bigger so i think the only thing you can really do is take away players to open up the space and there are definitely problems with it in terms of uh in terms of labor right Mm-hmm. You would almost have to expand it to like forty teams to make up for the uh, loss in, in in jobs that it would be from the existing thirty one teams to see uh, to see four on four implemented league wide regulation. But I think that would make for a much faster, more exciting game, and I I, I think you can still do. I, I think defenses still would have a chance at four on four. Maybe less of mm-hmm. one, but they would. Right. You would still be able to ice a competitive defense on four on four unit. Overtime, it's about getting rid of the shootout, which I don't hate yeah, as absolutely. much. No, I'm I'm kind of done with it. I don't hate it as much as everyone else, but I think three on three is just such a better product. It's certainly more exciting. Um, I didn't hate four on four, but but I do agree that in ways to get rid of the shootout would be the best just because the you could you know hockey is a team game and ultimately you're deciding it deciding it by individuals and sure you know the goalies are definitely part of the team 
and your goalie, you need your goalie to play well. But I do think that ultimately it, you know, as it comes down to, it is really just a skills competition. And um, as much as I am for like getting rid of ties per se, I do think that uh, the shootout has, is completely lost on me. I'm, I'm no longer a fan of the shootout. Are there any rules that you're just like, in an ideal world, they made you king of the NHL, we're getting rid of this, or we're adding this? Right. I don't think that uh, a puck played with like a high stick should necessarily be something that's called or whistled down. Because the amount of skill that that takes... Mm-hmm. I mean, and as long as it's within the, the arena of play, you know, if it's within the rink, like fair game. It's not, it's not like he's picked a player's grabbing the puck and throwing it into the net or, or you know, they're just trying to knock it down. Like, so what? It, it takes an incredible amount of high-end, uh, high, uh, high uh, eye, hand-eye coordination in order to get that done. So I'm, I'm kind of like, why, why can't they play it with a high stick? I think it might be a safety thing. You're just encouraging not having sticks up in the air near people's faces. Well, there's still a penalty there for high sticking on, uh, you know, for players and stuff. But if, if let's say on a penalty kill and they're looking to dump it down the ice and you got Ryan Suter backtracking towards the neutral zone and he's able to get a stick on it, knock it down and continue with play, you know, up or, you know, that kind of stuff. Like, I don't really see the harm in that. Mm hmm. I I mean, I, yeah, maybe not like near the net where you're going to, you know, there's going to be incidental content uh, contact there. Sure. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I, I could see, I could see what, where you're coming from. I'm not sure if I agree, but that's okay. Okay. Do you perhaps have another one? Jetpack skates. Jet. Ooh. It's the year 2020. I- why don't we have jetpack skates yet? <laughs> like Wiley e. Coyote on skates. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, I mean, like in all seriousness, uh, I'm trying to think of, I'm trying to think of, of just like more like I guess radical rules. Sure. Uh, I'm, you're you're gonna hate me for this, but I'm against shot blocking as a concept. Really? I I mean I don't think that uh, that you should not. It should be illegal for you to get in the way of it. But I don't like the idea of, you know, dropping down to like your or a knee or your like going prone or yeah, I get it. Or like sliding to do that. Um, mm-hmm. I think you know positioning your body to block shots is fine. I think you know using your stick to block shots is is fine. I think those should be within the rules. I don't think you should like basically leave your feet to block shots. And I think that uh, it, it's a safety it's, thing there too. It's a safety thing too. It's not just a uh, suppression of offense thing, which you know I'm against uh, right, uh, yeah. suppressing offense. But like it, it is a safety thing. How many times have we seen uh, Zach Parise get hurt just because you know he blocked a shot and you know? You're you're appreciative lot, actually. You're appreciative of the effort, right? Right. But it is bad when your best players, your most exciting players, are out for several weeks because of of this a, d- 
a decision to go down to a knee to block a shot in the attempt of what protect you saving one shot from the 40 that are going to be on net. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I understand where you're coming from on that. I think with goalies in general, if you're going to have goalies, it's, you're going to want, it's going to be a hard time to break that habit of players wanting to protect their goalie and limit the, uh, the amount of offense, I'm sorry, you're going to have uh, players, it's going to be tough to break the habit of players trying to protect their goalie and also just like not wanting to get scored on. So I think at times there's just kind of like an instinct to just at least try to get in front of it, do whatever you can to stop a pass or whatever you can to uh, get in front of that shot so that there's no chance that that even gets close to your net. I, You can penalize it, for, for blocking shots, but I think that it's a, a tough habit to break, even all the way, even if they had this going for 10 years. Like, that's just a, a habit, I think, or an instinct that hockey players might have. All right. Here's a fun one. Speaking I, of, uh, okay. of you. Oh, do you have another one? Yeah. Okay. Sorry. I, let me, let me count you in yep. three, two, one. So I've got one and. I don't know why it's still even a part of the NHL, but the trapezoid for goalies. I think that for goalies, if they are skilled enough to skate and play the puck, that they should absolutely be allowed to do that. Now, we're not talking like they're never going to be a, a in the play and they're not going to move up to the red line or the blue line and start quarterbacking a power play, but... I think they should be allowed to play the puck as much as they can. And you know what? We've seen it. It almost happened against the Flames in last night's game where Alex Stalock came out and uh, Manjapani from the Flames got a stick on the play and had a wide open net to kind of shoot if he got um, if he was able to completely corral that puck. Now, it's a risk. If your goalie leaves the net, it's a risk. But I think, like, in order to keep the play moving – in order to not penalize a goalie for having that skill set, get rid of the stupid trapezoid. Pekka Rene scored a goal last night, too. He did, yeah. The first time since uh, 2013 that a goalie, I think it was uh, Mike Smith, who scored uh, in that, that the last time in the NHL. So that's pretty cool. I, um, I know we saw Capo Kakinen kind of take a look towards the net. I think Alex Stalock got close one other time before it was skated down. Um, I'm all for goalie goals. All right. So I got one more, and I think we got to go into a break. Uh, this is yep. a shout-out to uh, to our buddies at Evolving Wild. Uh, bam goalies. Really? Why? Why? Why do we need goalies? Why not? You don't want to be scored on. You don't want to be scored on, but if not for goalies, right? Maybe Minnesota right. wins the, the Stanley Cup in 2017. Okay, but, well, <laughs> sure. <laughs> well, I know, but you got to think that the goalie originally evolved from somebody, you know, during the the years of where they had the, the seven skaters on ice, eventually the six skaters on ice, where they just dedicated a defenseman mm-hmm. to protect the net, you know. And they eventually padded him more because they designated him. That's how the goalie probably evolved. 
I'm a bit facetious, but I would love to see like an R and D camp where they played six on six and and just see what that game looks like. They should play pipes like they do in pond hockey. Oh, are you making fun of me? No. (laughs) (laughs) I think we should probably just end the segment right here, cut our losses, and uh, head into a break. It'll be a short, real pause here, uh, and we'll see you on the other side. You are listening to Locked on Wild. And welcome back to Locked on Wild. It's Joe and Tony here, and uh, we also got another request from our sister site, our sister podcast, Locked on Hurricanes. Eric Stahl content, please. All so right. I think we're going to give some love to Eric Stahl is what we're going to do. All-star Eric Stahl. All-star. Hey, now. He's, He's an, an all-star. All-star. Get your game, Get your game on. on. Go play. They, I, if people are still listening to the podcast, they have completely turned this off, deleted it from their subscribe list, and they're never listening again. <laughs> All right, well, let me tell but you maybe, something, Joe. But maybe they don't stop coming and they don't stop coming and they don't stop coming. Somebody once told me Eric Stahl was washed up last year. Right, yeah. After yeah. he scored 42 goals and dipped down to 22. Well, after a, a really rough start, I mean, look at Eric Stahl now. He's got 16 goals, leads the Wild in points still, I believe, and uh, mm-hmm. is, is – he, I mean, he has been Minnesota's – most valuable player and, and uh, most obvious all-star uh, choice. And, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, I think very few people expected it after last year. I think very few people expected him to be the kind of player that he has, obviously, uh, after he kind of had a falling out when he was traded to the Rangers and perform well. People thought he was at kind of at the end of his rope. But since he's arrived in Minnesota – and I know like Minnesota has been searching for the number one center, but really he's been their number one center since he's showed up here since in 2016, uh, 17, he's really made a gigantic difference to this roster, this roster makeup. And I think he's just one of those super professional guys that any club house would absolutely love to have. I mean, he's uh, judging by all reports, he's, answering all the questions that uh, media gives him and he's just got that that it factor to him and and he's been fantastic uh, on the ice as well since uh, he's arrived in Minnesota. And when you think about you know last year when uh when Minnesota almost traded him and then I uh, had an offer that uh, that I think you and I would probably have both been interested in at the time and kind of confused as to why they didn't take it uh, uh getting a first round pick in return as well as Sean Corrali, who is maybe less of a factor, but still like not like the worst step guide to, uh, to get back along with a first round pick. But when you, uh, when you think about how that ended up working out, Boston ends up not, uh, not trading for him. He signs a very cheap two year deal. I think it's what 3.25 million per year. Yeah. Something like that. It's, and more than fair. I mean, just in not even more than fair. Like it's an absolute he, steal. He, for what he undercut doing. himself is what he did. Uh, so he, he takes that haircut to stay there. And he is, is, is not only performed to where he was last year. And I think like, it might've been a little harsh to say he was, was washed last year. Cause you know, a 20 goal, 52 point season. That's kind of what people expected when, 
Stahl was brought in, that was kind of like, a, oh, this would be a good uh, a good signing if he did this. He just happened to blow those expectations completely oh, yeah. out of the water. That's exactly what that's at because uh, I remember his first year, it was like, could we get 50 points out of it? That was a bold prediction in that season. We weren't sure what we were getting out of that. And obviously he more than uh, blew that uh, number out of the water, followed it up with another great season, tying the franchise record for most goals in a season. And to fall back down to 22, like, sure, like, I'm sure he would have not liked to have fallen off as much as he did. But still over 50 points, I think that certainly the expectations were raised and he kind of went back to earth a little bit. But I think – more than enough, I think fans have to be absolutely pleased, and front office even have to be absolutely more than pleased in what they've gotten out of for production since since uh, All Star Eric Stahl has been in Minnesota. And Minnesota's been slipping out of uh, playoff contention kind of quietly over the last couple weeks. I think they're eleventh in the West now, which is uh, not great, not great. But no, imagine just like how much worse they would be without Eric Stahl because. I mean, mind you, not only would Eric Stahl not be here, and, and presumably they wouldn't be able to attract any sort of center of renown. Uh, they certainly didn't last off season, right? Uh, you know, uh, Miko Koivu was hurt too, so your your center depth right now would be Jules Eriksenek, who we like, but uh, maybe isn't uh, maybe isn't number one center material uh, for when Koivu was hurt. Like, let's assume that uh, that in the time that Koivu was hurt. We would have had second line center uh, Luke Cunning, third yeah. line center Ryan Donato, yeah, fourth Oof. line center like uh, Victor Rask. I mean, Victor yeah. Rask could have been a number one center without uh, Eric Stahl, which is just frightening to uh, to think about. And I think we both agree, like those guys, Ryan Donato and Luke Cunning. I think there's still a lot of promise out there, but that's in a that's a gigantic thing to place on their shoulders at their age right now to choose to fill a void of like first and second line center on this team when you've got Zach Parisi on on one side and and Ryan Suter playing behind you I mean that's that's a lot of pressure that uh, I think would be uh, too much to ask for for a guy at their age at this point I mean it's not like they're Connor McDavid that can put an entire team on on their back and score 70 points through you know 40 some games so thank you, Eric Stahl. You might be shaving out some percentages on the ping pong balls at the end of the year, but uh, Minnesota is kind of watchable, and it is kind of thanks to you. Yeah, Stahl is bay. So that should probably do it then, huh? Yeah, let's uh, let's take a break, and then we'll come back, and we'll uh, we'll wrap it up with uh, with a little logo debate. Ooh, wild logo, mysterious. Or what really is it? Coming up on Unsolved Mysteries. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> we'll take a break. This is Locked on Wild. And welcome back to Locked on Wild. I'm your host, Joe. I'm here with Tony. We're going over uh, your listener-suggested topics to debate this uh, this fine Friday afternoon. And uh, we've got another one here from Sean Woodley on Twitter. He wants us to debate and argue whether the wild logo is the silhouette of a bear or a mountain lion. Now, Joe, <laughs> what I want to do is address this issue. 
<laughs> okay, Tony A. Smith. You know I am sensitive to. <laughs> yep. So uh, I don't know. Like that's kind of what everyone has said for for like the history of the entire Minnesota Wild is what is a wild and what is this logo, and I think it's pretty obvious that it's three, two, one, a bear. It's got to be a bear. It's absolutely a bear. Because here's the thing, there are no, what what do people say is a wild, potentially, right? Mm-hmm. It's like some sort of big cat. Does Minnesota have any big cats? Sure, there's cougars around, but I would, I, it's funny though, because I, I usually think of that as like the Western United States, right? You know, mountains, areas. Um, They do have like wolves and coyotes, plenty of those running around. Yeah, but there's not a boopable snoot, really, on the Minnesota Wild <laughs> logo, so it can't be a wolf. A boopable snoot. <laughs> it's not a hecking good doggo. <laughs> uh, Actually, nobody has sent the Minnesota Wild logo to dog rates. I think we should do that today and see what happens. See what happens? Yeah. But we're not going to name it Nordy, though, right? No, we won't send Nordy. Nordy is an abomination. Like we're we're not debating what Nordy is. We're debating the wild logo. <laughs> he's an abomination. Uh, yeah, he's pretty bad. There's, uh, and there's the fact that he does the "Let's Go Wild" with uh, you know two syllable "wild" makes him even worse. He's not just an abomination. He belongs in prison. <laughs> Uh, but no, it, it's it's got to be a bear because uh, you know when you're looking at mountain lions or or cougars or <clears throat> or dogs or whatever, they just have pointier ears. Bears have those lovable, cuddly, like rounder ears, like the you know, mm-hmm. like your teddy bear. So the Minnesota Wild logo came out, God, it twenty years ago now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean the. The jersey was unveiled a little bit before that, but yeah, we're talking circa 20 years ago now. And I mean, I generally like it for the most part, but I don't know. Like, I feel like when you go with such an ambiguous noun for for your team name, like Wild, mm-hmm. I don't know how you get that to be like a snarling beast or you know, or how do you get that kind of connotation about the team as something f- sort of quote unquote fearful? Mm-hmm. Well, it's kind of like a Pokemon, I, right? Like not every Pokemon has to look exactly like an animal. So maybe, maybe they're big Pokemon fans in, in, in the wild land, which I, I respect. They, they certainly could be. I just think it's, I don't know how you get that. And I think for what the, uh, the logo creators kind of came up with, they actually did a pretty good job with what they had to deal with for a a team nickname. Mm -hmm. And I actually think it holds up. All right. Uh, Maybe even good. I I don't know. I'm biased. uh, And I know like there are a lot of people who hate the, the wild logo in terms of like how busy it is, but I like the nature scene in the logo i i think that's a cool concept and it's something that is whether you love it or hate it it, it's a really unique logo that you don't see 
anywhere else. And maybe I don't want to uh, slap that logo on everything, right? I know we're both big fans of the uh, Minnesota Wild script, their jersey. Mm-hmm. That's really cool. I know that we both want to see Minnesota have a jersey where they try using their uh, their M script, just mm-hmm. the M, as a primary logo. So maybe you don't put that logo on everything, but it is a really cool and interesting concept that I don't really think any team has necessarily gone for, maybe, but but definitely nothing is matched. Okay. Uh, so when it comes to, like, the Wild as a nickname, like like I said, it's ambiguous. Was there any of the nicknames that they had proposed that you particularly liked? Or maybe maybe there's one that you think that would translate to Minnesota a little bit better. So the other contenders other than Wild were Freeze, Northern Lights, Blue Ox, White Bears, and Voyagers. <laughs> Voyagers has to be probably the worst out of there, right? It is a really cool nod, maybe, to the history of Minnesota. I actually, uh, mm-hmm. I actually got to go on my honeymoon to uh, to Grand Portage and uh, look at the museums there, and they had mm-hmm. like a lot of uh, a lot of interesting things on the 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 trade the fur trade that was set up there, uh, right? And that would have been a really cool nod. And a cool gesture, I think. But as a nickname, like let let's go Voyageurs. I mean, that's Voyagers. like five drum beats. There, we already hate four when it comes to the <laughs> Let's Go Wild chant. Voyageurs. <laughs> Voyageurs is three syllables, not four. <laughs> well, I can make it four. I'm a Minnesotan. Uh, <laughs> I I don't like freeze necessarily. Okay. White Bears maybe could be cool if I, I saw the logo, but we've already decided that the Wild is a bear. So right. do you think you can come up with a uh, with a White Bear logo that's cooler than the Minnesota Wild logo? I think if you did White Bears, I mean, that's such a hard canvas to work with because there's almost no color. Mm. You know, I mean, you could probably fit in a little bit of blue into it, but overall, like... That'd be such a hard canvas to work with as a marketer. So I could understand maybe why they didn't do that. I think Northern Lights would have been too close to North Stars. Yeah. Um, and, and... Which was really a perfect nickname, I think. But and I, and I understand why people are so attached to it. But you got to understand, like, there's no way that that nickname is coming back to Minnesota. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know... I, I don't know if there is a name that could have been for Minnesota that would have uh, would have satisfied that. Like, I, I think anything that wasn't the North Stars to uh, a certain group of people, and I can understand it, right? Because it was mm-hmm. it was a cool name. I like I I agree with you. It's it's a really great nickname. The jerseys were really good and iconic. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I get that. Uh, I get that people are looking at the wild, like, you know, even 20 years later and, and just kind of being disappointed that that was the name that came back. Um, sure. Blue Ox, I don't know if I would have liked Blue Ox. I mean, that is kind of a cool, like, it, it's it's cool to have, like, that, that tribute to Minnesota lore and Paul Bunyan, but at the same time, 
is that is that a team name? I don't know if that's a team name. It actually is a team name, though. Okay, what team? So the Minnesota Blue Ox were actually like a roller hockey team. Uh-huh. Back in like the 90s. But I'm pretty sure like the – if if I'm not mistaken, like isn't Bush Brujeau like a owner – or like of the Minnesota Blue Ox, which is like a junior team or something like that. And his son is like the coach. I feel like I remember seeing something like that. And I'm just trying to like, remember like what the, the Blue Ox logo looked like. Cause I think, I think that was pretty cool mm-hmm. to, to play off of it. If they could do it right. Yeah. That's kind of look, this logo kind of looks like a Chicago Bulls logo, but just blue. <laughs> It's not terrible. It's got some good clean lines, I suppose. Um, but yeah, I, I could probably. It feels like a college name, actually, if you think about it. The Blue Ox. Mm. If you could name the Wild anything, what would you name it? So I remember when like this name thing came up, and I was for some reason stuck on another sort of ambiguous name, kind of like how Avalanche is like a non like a singular noun but i went with blizzard okay um i keep trying to think of other things like that that would work i mean i think there's there was names thrown around like northern pike i think there was lumberjacks i think there was um you know what i think is actually a really cool name that that's an old school like baseball name was the minneapolis millers Mm -hmm. but what about the I don't Minnesota know. Muskies? Minnesota Muskies? I mean, that's a ferocious kind of freshwater fish. Yeah, it's kind of cool. Yeah. Um, looks like the Minnesota United FC adopted the loon um, as kind of its crest, and their nickname is kind of the loons. What are the other state symbols out there? And really what you got is like the lady slipper flower that's out there it was like the state flower or you've got mm. the the walleye which was the state fish or i think it's like the northern poplar which is the state tree or something like that so i mean i don't know if any of those really fit and what i thought what was so great about the north stars is it actually fits well with the state motto which is le toit du nord which is french for the star of the north mm-hmm. like it, it's perfect how about the minnesota nice undercase n uppercase i <laughs> uh i'm proud to be a nice uh so, so when it's funny when i think of that minnesota nice just like that i actually have a friend who's a photographer his uh his uh flow state photography by the way and he has an iconic picture up on uh, lake superior where he found a piece of broken ice along the shore that it looks like like the northern half of Minnesota at the right angle. Oh, it's actually cool. really kind of cool. Yeah, it's pretty cool. I, I think that you should, uh, if, if you have a chance, go to his website and check it out. He's got photos and stuff for sale. They're, they're mostly nature scenes and stuff like that. But uh, he does a pretty good job. He's got a much better eye at photography than I do. But but yeah, so when you said Minnesota nice, I was like, just like ice shapes? <laughs> All right, that'll do it for this, uh, for this episode of Lockdown Wild. Tony, where can we find you? You can find me on Twitter at OhioTony. You can find my work at The Athletic Minnesota. 
And you can find my work at zonecoverage.com. I just wrote a big old article about trying to make room for Kirill Kaprasov on the Minnesota Wild roster going into next year. So I encourage you to read that as well as uh, Giles Farrow, who also writes over there as well. Uh, and you can also find me on Twitter at JoeBoo15. If you like today's episode, please hit the subscribe button or and download. That way your device sends it to you without you having to do any sort of work. Uh, please leave a review on any of the uh, podcast services that you use. Please leave a rating as well. It does help us out with the algorithms and all that kind of stuff to be found. And have more access to wild fans like yourself. Uh, please follow the Lockdown Wild podcast on Twitter at Lockdown Wild. Be sure to follow us every Monday through Friday for all of our episodes. And so you can stay up on top of your Minnesota Wild team every day. 